0: What is up guys, it's Andy for and this is the show for the realists say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness and delusions of modern society and welcome motherfucking reality. Guys, today we have a special treat for you, a special Saturday treat. Um, I'm sitting here with my good friend. Mr. James Lawrence, what's happening, brother? Hey, man, it's kind of kind of surreal. I, I hear that sound all the time, and then just be sitting here watching you, like, pound that out, man. It was magical. Thank Bro, you. Bro, come on, Thank man. you for that moment. I loved it. That was come great. on, your big reason why we're here, <laughs> you know? Uh, if you guys don't know James, James has been on the show before. He's been in- instrumental uh, in changing hundreds of thousands, millions of lives uh, with the example that he sets. He's otherwise known as the Iron Cowboy. He's done some incredible feats in life. Um, he's a tremendous human being. Uh, some of the things you might know him for is uh, he did 50 Ironmans in 50 states in 50 consecutive days. Uh, he also ran 101 full-length Ironman races in 101 uh, consecutive days. I mean, he's raised an amazing family. He's an amazing dude. I mean, what else? What have? What, have, what else have you done, man? Waiting uh, for you to cure some stuff, like I mean on water. Yeah, I mean, I, moon. Moon. I mean, I, I mean <laughs> oh yeah, we got another guy over here. Uh, we happen to have my brother Sal. You guys, uh, you guys asked for Sal. Fuck man, it's yeah. every day. Yeah, yeah every day. Most, they it's said, probably the biggest DM I get. They said replace DJ with Sal. I didn't That's know this, this was going to
1: be Christmas, and I get to do Andy, Sal, and DJ all yeah. one goes. Like yeah. this is, this is yeah. amazing. So listen, em.
2: listen, you could cut that audio clip and turns it turn into some weird stuff, James.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in the, in the day and bad. age of A&I. yeah, there yeah. we go. <laughs>
2: they said they need somebody to make fun of DJ, so here we go. Hey. I'm in. Let's see how yeah. it works. Yeah, I still got his Christmas lights <laughs> up. Too easy of a target. Oh, man. <laughs> so,
1: so what's been going on, man? What do you what do you got going on? Yeah, I man, life's been interesting since the the yeah. hundred and. Just pushed in a million directions. Been doing speaking. Um, really happy and thrilled to announce that I'm I'm back to racing, back to competitive, back to feeling myself. Yeah, doing some world championships later this year. In fact, in a couple of weeks, I'm headed to South Africa. Where um, at? Uh, Cape Town. That's race awesome, called dude. Cape Epic, and yep. it's the largest mountain bike stage race in the world. And uh, team race, eight days long. Um, so haven't I, you
0: done this one before
1: i did it in 2006. yeah yeah that's what i thought uh, yeah and um i was kind of new to mountain biking yeah and so i'm super pumped to go back same partner guy that we coach in south africa named mario and uh and we're, we're gonna tackle it this year it's, yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun do you fly your bike over i'm assuming yeah for sure yeah i don't you, know, you don't want to tackle a, an all-mountain wicked terrain on a rental that's something you want to go on your steed something you're really familiar with something you've done a lot of training on how do you train for that well, it's super tough in the winter of Utah, you know, because we, we got to do a lot of it inside, but we train a lot with power. And so, you know, you just try to get your numbers way up and get as powerful as you can. Did and, you see that and video and I sent you stuff. last like night? Are you talking about
0: power generation? Yeah, watts that you're producing. So, so, so just, like on the, just like on the core bike.
1: Or a Peloton you know, or anything Peloton, else. Yeah. 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 So, so, uh, so we, have, we have power meters on our bikes and it tells us exactly how much power generating to the, to the drivetrain. And but yeah, you sent me that video yeah, last yeah, night. Yeah. So true
2: last- cyclists go po- power per kilo. That's that's like the that's the dick measuring contest. Right? Yeah, pounds <laughs> per kilogram. And yeah. So it's dick- just like cars,
1: power to weight. Pretty much. For sure. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. Yeah. it's you right because the the video he sent me was Lance Armstrong, and it was back in his heyday. And the 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 interviewer said, how many? What was what? It's called an FTP, functional threshold power. And what was the what was your thirty minute power during this time frame? And this number will make sense to some people, not to most. But it was five hundred watts for 30 minutes. And at what he weighed at the time that is insane. The the average general guy walking around he couldn't do it for 10 seconds.
2: No, I mean
0: if I get this up, is 5 minutes straight
1: 30, 30. Minutes, oh, wait 30
0: straight minutes straight 500, 500
1: watts. watts output.
2: And I'm gonna,
0: That's a professional cycler. That's Lance Armstrong. Okay.
1: In his
2: heyday. It's insane. Like that that number like when you go So I was just messing around in a Peloton just trying to hit it just to see what trying to hold 500 would be to James Point. If you can hold it for 40, 50, 60 seconds, like you got a pretty good, like you're getting in it, especially if you're in the saddle, like sitting down
1: mm-hmm.
2: that little guy to be able to put that down for 30 minutes. That's like, insane. it's unbelievable, actually. Like oh, it's, it's, it's a number a, it's that a,
1: it's unworldly. Yeah.
2: And so you think about these guys, like these little guys that are running the Tour de France, like they're machines. They're not. Well, like, and,
1: and what people don't realize is the bigger you are, the more watts you can push. Yeah. So like you could probably get on a bike and push some heavy numbers for a short period of time. Right. But well, those guys are 140 pounds, 135 yeah. Yeah. pounds pushing that. So that's your pounds per kilogram formula that you're talking about. Once you get above like four point something, like you're in another class.
2: And he was running seven, right? Oh, it's I insane. know that's stupid yeah. for some not, of the a, audience. He was not
1: even on a, on the chart of where where it is. I think
2: it shows you though the feats that you know these elite athletes that have to train. You know they're not professional sports and you know baseball, football, you know hockey, the things we watch on TV. But when you really start finding down like looking at the humans. The ability and the level that these guys can get to and that they train for and the amount of power that they can generate based off of training it's it's insanity it really is a something special to watch
1: yeah they're they're on a whole other
2: level what
0: uh what when you like i mean james you you know as much about mental toughness as anybody on the planet in my sure. opinion, yep. you know like you've done some of the most incredible human feats that have been done by a human being um, ever you know when we talk about when an average person thinks about doing one of these events, like, like they're going to go run a marathon or they're going to go from zero to doing something that they're going to prove to themselves. What do you think the first thing is that these people have to get, get in their mind to get right, to go on that journey? Yeah, I think the biggest mistake people do is they
1: try to go from zero to an Ironman or zero to a marathon. And yeah, most people can do it in a survival state. Um, but the biggest thing they got to do is they got to start small and build those foundational blocks and get that experience. And, and you know, it's interesting because people see my headline and they're like, oh man, I, I can't do what that guy did. Mm-hmm. Like, you see the 50, you see the hundred or whatever it is. We ran across Greece. We biked across the country, whatever. Um, then I realized my journey started with a four mile fun run that I s- struggled through. And then my wife called me pathetic and signed me up for a marathon and said, figure it out. And I was like, dude, running's stupid. Like, I don't understand why people Thanks, do honey. this. What's that, Sonny? Thanks, Sonny. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Sonny. Well, and now every time something, she's like, man, why are we still doing this stuff? And I'm like, hey, it's your fault. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We started this whole thing. But And then we found triathlon and we started getting it together. But it was those foundational blocks. And and I did, I did really fast, intense racing um, short distance before I ever started to lengthen it out. And if you look at every single world champion today, both in the half Ironman and full Ironman distance, they started with foundational, short distance, power, explosive, and speed, and then started to lengthen out. And so really for anybody that's getting going and wants to tackle something big, like let's start working on the fundamentals and the foundation, Just so like any sport or any business, like you gotta really bring it back to the basics to start.
2: Yeah, and that's, I mean, I think that's a commonality across life in general. I mean, at, here at HQ or First Form, you know, one of, this thing, one of the biggest things is, you know, setting people up for success in their, in their fitness journey. You know, I wanna lose a hundred pounds. It's a great goal but because, you know, they have to learn the foundations, 21 days, 28 days of building these small habits that they can stack on top of each other in order to get there. And you know, and I always tell people like, hey, you didn't put on 100 pounds in 30 days. You're not gonna no. lose 100 pounds in 30 days. And so you have to put one foot in front of the other and start stacking these wins and stacking these behavior changes, these habits, to create the change that you wanna see. And then you gotta cross time. You gotta give yourself some time in that saddle, if you will, to,
1: to be able to get to where you wanna go. Well, and the concept that people really need to like figure out or imprint in themselves is invisible progress. Yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff that's happening behind as you're showing up, as you're doing the work. And then all of a sudden one day you get that tipping point to where like all that progress like loads on. And then you go, oh, okay, that's why I was showing up. And
0: doing. Yeah, and work. it's parallel life or business or anything. hundred percent. You know, there's a lot of times you go through times in your business where you're working real hard. You don't think that things are happening. And, and then all of a sudden things start going real fast. And it's not that they weren't happening. You just couldn't see them happening.
1: Well, it's just like your story. Nobody saw that, that foundational work and then boom, oh, first swarm came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. No, it did not. Like, and people like me, oh, you got, you did 100 Ironmans. Well, that started with a pathetic four-mile fun run, right? Right. It's just that, that, that work that nobody, that invisible progress that nobody's seen.
2: What is the time frame from run one to 100, 100, 101 Ironmans? Uh, so
1: 2004 to 2021. 21. So, so 17, 17 years. 17 years. Wild. Yeah, so 17 years of foundational sacrifice right. to get to that moment. And, and one of the biggest concepts I talk about is you can't go from zero to 100. You can't go from zero to where where this company's at now like there's so many steps in between
2: but i think that's the that's the part that a lot of people back down from right because when you look at when they compare themselves in business if you have somebody who's 17 years in business in front of you and you're comparing your journey your startup to their 17 years Which is like, what everybody does it you know? is and it's yeah. deflating as hell you're like well look they got this or they got that or you know how come we can't do that it's like because i got 17 years in front of you you know and and you know, we think about that in the finished journey life all the time is you the comparison is a thief of joy. And so when you're constantly comparing your journey to somebody else's or, you know, your business to somebody else's or, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, you know, you, you have to realize that it takes time. It's investment. It's time in the saddle. It's time under tension and, and realizing you have to learn and adapt and make the changes to get to where that person is. Yeah. And that's the journey, right? That's what most people don't like because the work's uncomfortable and it's not well, fun all the time.
3: are comparing yourself to the end result. Compare yourself to their inputs.
0: No Th- shit. To their actions. Yeah, compare your work
3: to your work. Right. Yeah. Right, like, if Dude. you get the end result, that's going to get you every time.
0: <laughs> How many, like, I'm curious to what both Sal and James, what you guys think on this. But, like, you know, you said the comparison is a thief of joy. In your opinion, because I have my own opinion, when, when do you think it's right to compare?
2: I mean, I, I think in general, it's okay to be consciously aware. Um, but when you're looking at, you know, your journey, everybody has a different starting place, right? So to look at the measurement of success, I think you have to understand where is baseline, where is zero, and where have you made the progress to. And if you started at, let's say, zero, and somebody else started at 50, and our goal is to get to 100, but you made it to 70, or, you know, I made it to 75, and you made it to 100, I made 75 basis point move. You Mm -hmm. made 50. So who's better, the guy that got to 100 or the guy that got 75? And so when I think about it, it's like, you know, we all compare ourselves spe- specifically now on social. It's like, oh, everybody else has this, and this is what happens. Everybody robs each other of their own joy. It's like, how far have you come? You know, how much weight have you lost? How many, how many uh, races have you done? Yeah, you might not have done one hundred one Ironmans, but you did one. You know what I mean? Most. Yeah, and a year
0: ago I was three hundred pounds.
2: Yeah, or right? most people did yeah. zero. I I, know? St-
1: I stop people immediately when they come up to me like, oh, I I didn't do it. I'm- I didn't do what you did, but I, I did dude. I did a 70.3 and I'm like, dude, don't say that. Just That's like, awesome. I did a 70.3 yes. yeah. and pound your chest and shake my hand. And, and I'm going to tell you that was amazing. And it, it's interesting that you're Bro, right. I'm that, with
0: that too. That is, that it, is.
1: Yeah. I, I just want to yeah. see people
0: win. Yeah. And it,
1: we're in this day of social media where everyone's the coach and everybody's the expert and everybody's the mentor. And it's literally paralyzing society from starting because of fear of this judgment. Yeah. We don't want to look stupid
0: else. starting like we're a beginner. Right. And yeah. it,
1: it, it takes maturity and humility to know not compare yourself be okay where you're at in fact I, I had this really cool experience where i got to fly in an f-16 jet no shit oh, that's yeah awesome. it, was, it was incredible and uh, you know we dude, hit that's badass dude i will send you the video it yeah. is so freaking cool we hit we hit seven g's on takeoff Oof. we went from zero to twenty thousand feet in 15 seconds and um on takeoff the video is hilarious because i'm like you can't see my face but i'm like eyeballs are massive i'm freaking out i'm milliseconds away from blacking out and the pilots like having a Sunday dinner conversation with the tower. <laughs> James, you're with me? Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. Like, and I'm just like freaking out the, the suit is—it's plugged into the jet, it's compressing, it's sending all the blood to my brain. And uh, we we finally level out, and we're upside down, and we flip over. And uh, I just thought to myself, man, I am so glad it's not this dude's first day on the job. You know? like, you know, and then he's a freaking expert, and he's surrounded himself with this amazing team. And then later, I thought about, it and I'm like. Dude, every journey has a humble beginning. Yeah, and and he didn't like he spent thousands of hours in the simulator and all this, and then working with his the tower and the team and the guys on the ground and all that. And I'm like, I wish people had more courage to just like start and be humble and be okay with like sucking when you first start something because you're gonna be terrible. In fact, I in my stage presentation I put up this hilarious picture of me in the pool. I'm, I'm it's my first triathlon. I'm gripping to the side of the edge uh, of the pool I'm gasping for air I'm wearing a nose plug I'm, I'm I'm about to get out of the water to jump on a borrowed bike and I'm like I'm so grateful I had the courage to start because nobody looks at that person in that moment and says that's the guy. Yeah. Yeah you because know, I wasn't yeah. the guy yet but I was okay. No they were laughing. They Look were at laughing. that guy. no they were laughing at me like they <laughs> at the do with the nose plug on right? But I was so glad that I had that a little bit of humility in me to like to be made fun of in that moment because it completely changed my life. Like that was the starting point. Of like a trajectory that I would have never predicted.
0: Bro, isn't that the starting point of anything great, though? Right, but but social anything. media is paralyzing people yeah. from
1: taking that step. No, of it definitely fear is. Of fear of judgment, and it's so sad to watch this new generation be like frozen in their footsteps because they're they're missing out on the whole point of life, which 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 is the experiences and the journey and the growth that you that you have through that. And so for me, like I've got five kids, and I'm I'm so grateful that we gave them a front row seat. To like embarrassment, humiliation, and growth. Yeah. Because I have five unbelievable children now that are, are like fearless, mentally tough, and I I stack them up, and I'm not being a, a braggadocious dad, but like my kids are better than yours. Yeah. You <laughs> <nice. And laughs> I look and I like do a straight up comparison against their peers, and I'm like, okay, I'm not worried about my kids anymore because he's giving you, them you a were, I know you talking about me.
2: He wasn't talking to me. I get over there. You know what I'm saying? Get a little of that Midwest up that ass. No, but my I mean, that's a great way to look. And is why, for me, this is, you know, I'm so fortunate that I was able to play baseball. And, you know, and the reason being is because, like, when you look at the sport of baseball, you have to fail seven out of ten times to be the, the greats. Like, the guys who hit 300, they go to the Hall of Fame. And so you become so comfortable with failure. Like, I'm so used to walking up into a stadium. It's got 10, 15, 20,000 people. And, you know, if you're at home, they're cheering for you. If you're on the way, they're yelling at you and they're screaming at you and you fail. And if, you know, if there wasn't a progression of the fail, like when you're in Little League, you strike out, you get comfortable with it and you get to high school, you strike out, you come to get to college. You're like, all right, this is kind of normal. You, get, you know, and then you start
0: working your way through it. You're like, well, this is this is how life is. Yeah, if you went up there on day one, dude, and struck out, and everybody's cheering, you'd be Mortar- like, "What the fuck is yeah, this?" Yeah. I, 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 but I that's think... what
2: happens in social, right? Yeah, they got yeah. Five thousand of their friends are looking at them. They failed. Well, they're mortified. And me, I'm sitting here thinking, like, "Oh shit, yeah. I don't Hope. know any different." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think
1: I think social media or this generation has normalized or tries to normalize perfection. Mm-hmm. And to me, I, I will cheer. I will shout it from the rooftops that, like. The greatest gift is failure. Yeah, be, be, you don't win through success. You you don't learn through. I mean, you win through success. You don't learn through success. We know what you meant. You learn through those missteps, those those stumbling blocks. Those like, okay, I I'm gonna intentionally take this opportunity to learn and grow and become better i mean how, how many missteps did you guys take to building this empire fucking like, all of them all of them yeah every <laughs> yeah. every single every one. single
0: one every single spot that says don't step on that we yeah. fucking stepped on it yeah and, and probably sometimes three times that dang, dang it that's that's
1: what you, that's what this, yeah. this generation needs to learn and understand is like it's okay to fail and just build up that thick skin and just not care what anybody thinks about those missteps because that's that's the that's the gift
2: yeah and i i the i think the word that you use there is grow you know, like what does it take to grow and uh, failure is part of that process, you know, cause you learn if you're, if you're failing correctly, right. And you continue to put yourself in a position, you know, to your point, it's not about perfection. It's about progress. Like how do, what do we learn from, from the mistake and how do we get better? How do we, next time, how do we get a little bit better? You're not going to go, you know, from progress to perfection either. It's, it's as you continue to get a little better then the bar of perfection gets a little higher, you know, you start perfecting the skill. And so. You know, one of the things I try to instill in my children is the confidence to be able to go. Like when they're, you know, whether it's at gymnastics or it's baseball or it's whatever. It's like, Hey, go, like go lay it on oh, the line. Go, man. just go. Like you're going to go out there and learn. Like you're going to be all right, <laughs> dude. I'll
0: be on the phone with him and he'll be at baseball. Obviously we're talking about work and, and fucking all I hear was you better run that out. You better run, run. run. <laughs> <laughs>
2: believer like you're gonna work hard like my yeah. kids they will not be lazy you know my kids are gonna be they're touch the line type kids and I promise you that's gonna happen and you know I mean it's fucking awesome. Yeah <laughs> I love it. And I treat everybody's kids the same I just jump in. I'm like, like yeah run like you guys are dead. kill 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 yeah no, right. no, for real though like you know I tell we, you know we had uh we have a, a great group of parents that, that Enzo plays baseball with and then we make them play soccer and they do you just I've learned that it's what you expose your kids to is extremely important you know ecosystem yeah just the entire because who are they interacting with and what type of qualities they have and that's why it's you know very important like the schools and kids schools in today's environment like what are you leaning your kid into because this these formative years these are where you teach them those principles about you know touching a line and running hard and you know finishing what you started and making sure you're a good teammate like these things are all learned now and and so I draw the line hard, man, and I don't give. You know, it's like I am here. I'm like, this is what it is. You know, I make them have fun, right? Well, I wish but more. I mean, is that what the world needs? Yeah,
0: well, yeah. We're saying the same thing. Go ahead. Yeah, I wish yeah. my
1: parents did that. Like, played a more active role in their kids' life because those kids are products of their environment, and man, they're sponges. And as parents, you may not think your kids are watching you, and like. They are watching Bro. every single mood move, move. And I, and I just like, I have a, a problem with the parents that are like, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Th- that is, that's never going to work. That is never going to work. Yeah. Like the greatest gift I could give to my kids was, was both Sonny and I like being open when we hit rock bottom and lost everything being open when they knocked on our door and took away our home being open when I had to stay up all night long and change the wood on the, the, the uh, fireplace because we couldn't t- turn the heat on. Like, we got they got to experience that all with us and then they got to see us show up every single day not and making is and overcome yeah. it. and that front row seat for my kids has done like the biggest thing in molding who they are today and i've got some damn resilient children like it's, yeah. it's bro you got an amazing family yeah thank they've you they've all been here yeah oh yeah, yeah.
2: 100% done good buddy
1: yeah. thanks man <laughs> yeah they're they're proud i tell you right now the proudest moment of my life like despite everything and i've done and the finish lines i've i've crossed and the mountains i've climbed like that moment when your daughter walks up to you on wedding day and just says, thank you, daddy. You know, just like yeah. oh, waterfalls. And, oh. uh, I can't wait for you to have those
0: experiences with your kids. I'm sure your dogs will get married too. Yeah, you? <laughs> no shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I, I, was, I, I think we should stay on this for a second though because one of the things that I don't have the perspective on that we talk a lot about is the next generation of kids. And, and I'm sitting in front of three fathers who are all concerned about what is going on in the world and what's happening in society what's it what's it make you guys feel like when you see what's happening in society and then you think about Enzo when he's 30 and you think about you know uh what's going to be in the world and how things are going to look i mean what what do you guys think about that
1: yeah it's it's super scary until you know I, He's got some unknowns coming up because he's still in that real that phase where they're super young and it's like okay, I hope I'm doing enough and I hope I, they're 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 sinking in and they're getting it. And i kind of that phase in my life now. My kids are 15 to 21 where they're egg, you know they're leaving the house, they're going into the real world. Um, and uh, my wife and I just kind of had that moment where we were sitting on the couch, we were like, we we, we did a good job, man. Yeah. yeah. And we got our like we did we sacrificed a ton. We were very active in the process, and now we're to the point where we're comparing our kids to their peers and other family members that have kids because early in the process we were like man Sonny's got, sonny has got son comes from six sisters and we're like man this they got very different approaches to this and i kept saying to Sonny, i was like Sonny's my wife i kept saying it's gonna be interesting to see how all these kids like, there's like 40 grand because like how they all turn out and man it is very apparent today so
0: yeah so what you're saying is don't compare in the beginning, but once you laid it all out there, yeah, we can yeah, measure up. That's the giver of joy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. Don't do it early, but do it late, <laughs> <Yeah>. especially <laughs> when you're on the good side of. That's it. Right. That's so right. So that's when it's right to
3: compare. To yeah, that's question. right. There's, all, there's all, there's right. all right, all right. Full circle. I got right. it. Full circle. Oh, yeah. dude, dude, I'm scared of shit. I'll be honest. Like, I don't. For me, it's weird, man. I, cause you know, I don't have. I didn't have the best examples of like, you know, parenthood or fatherhood or like, what exactly should I be instilling, right? Um, and thank God I do have a few ex- good examples now, right? But like, I'm still scared of shit, cause you you, you, you just Are you saying know. I'm your dad? Yeah. Oh, thanks. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but it's like, I mean, cause you don't really know, like I, I'm, you're just praying that you're making the best decision in that moment. And you're praying that it fucking works out, you know? And it's like, you know, I've always looked at things, uh, you know, in, in the aspect of, like, okay, I don't know what to do. I know what not to do, and let's just do that. Like, let's just not do this, and we'll be all right, you know? And, and I've always had that approach, but it's like, man, like, when I think, like, fuck, what, 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 what I ain't going to do in 30 years, bro? It's like, man, I just pray I'm giving her everything I got right now, and that's you why we got to win the revolution, she bro. She her hair blue yeah. in, you know, 20 years yeah. and fuck some shit up, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, that, that's all I can fucking hope for, man. You know, I don't yeah, know. But
1: that's, that's the hard part, too, is, like, when you're a parent, like you're new too. Yeah. You're, you're new to no, doing no it. instruction it. manual you don't, you don't know it and a lot of things that we learned it's, it's like every generation is like okay I don't want to do what my parents did with mm-hmm. me and sometimes it's for the good and sometimes it's for the bad for sure. and so it's like where's that line of what I'm going to do what I'm not going to do because you were just like I know what I don't want right? but now how do I figure out what I do want and then we're all just like it's this big Experiment. Well, um, I think you know, experiment I think it's not. like
0: that that story you, you've ever heard that story about the alcohol the, the alcoholic parent that had the man that had two sons mm-hmm. okay and one son never drank a drop of alcohol and when they asked him why he never drank a drop of alcohol he said because I watched my dad the other son became a drunk mm-hmm. and they said why did you become a drunk he said because I watched my dad mm-hmm. so at some point yeah. we have a choice to take our circumstances and make the, the better result out of them. Whether you had a good parent and say, hey, my parents were good, I want to model that, or hey, you know, I didn't have shit, but I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen here. Right. I you mean, know? that's
3: a scary thing too, man. It's like you can do everything you, you possibly want. You can put your kids in the best school. You can, you know, surround them with all the right things, and there is still a chance that they will be a fuck-up. Yeah. Like, it's still a big chance, you Yeah. Know? And so it's just that risk. And you're like, I mean, dude, you know, I pray my, I, I just, I, I pray every single day, man, that, that you know, my my little ones just, uh, I don't think there is a chance, bro. I think, I think you do. I think you like James, you know, you've got the oldest
0: kids here. I mean, yeah, there's a chance, but like, really, like, you put your hands on, you're you're working every day, you're setting the example, you're setting the standard. The chances are much higher that, yeah, for it's going sure, to turn out well for sure. Yeah, you know? we're five for five, baby. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. far, right? Yeah, so far, still a couple right? of years left in there, yeah.
3: Dude, I just, think it's an
0: important, I just think it's an important thing to think about because, yeah. you know, right now there's a lot of people who are, you know, I don't know. We're going to either see the continue downfall of culture and society or we're going to see it come back real hard. And it seems like parents are understanding that there is like a failed generation in between. Yeah, you know
1: I, I, I think we're i think we're going like somebody to somebody fucked shift. up yeah somebody yeah somebody's yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah we're we're in that phase right now where we're like oh this needs to course correct immediately right. or we're going to be in a really bad spot
0: yeah i mean I, do you guys I, see that with like other parents and stuff
2: of course that's yeah. why we moved you know yeah. what i mean so like in, in my brain I, you know i don't want to say i'm not worried at all because that's pretentious and just not true but i like anything else in life and this is how i think um you're doing all you can not only am I doing all I can, I, I, it's not that I haven't failed it much. It's that I understand when I put my best foot forward, usually win or at least succeed. And in that case, like I, there's no negotiation. I don't negotiate with my kids, but meaning mm-hmm. I'm doing the best and everything that I physically possibly can to push that cart in the right direction. And under those pretense, I say, okay, I'm going to raise the best children that I can. How do I do that? Well, I understand it starts with the example that we set and the rules that we tolerate and and the example that we're putting forth every day and the community in which we raise them. And so all those decisions, I try to make sure that I don't even, it's not even a compromise, even the baseball team, like it's not a compromise, it's not an activity for them. It's a purposeful decision. I'm like, there, no, he's playing there. And I think under at least my experience, when you control the variables that you can control and you put your best foot forward the odds are you can do well doesn't mean that it's going to happen every time but the odds are you can do well and i understand to dj's point like okay. there still can be these outliers you know that happen and and i'm i'm trying to minimize those to every degree but i think from a society standpoint i think there's an extremely positive to it competition is going to be lower yeah, that's right. The opportunity for success can be much higher, you know. Yeah. Well, and to did teach you, him how to work. Hard. Point
1: he was mentioning he's terrified, and I'm to that point now where my kids are going into the real world, and I'm doing a direct comparison to what's out there, and I'm like, oh, my kids are fine. Yeah, they're fine. Yeah. I'm looking at the competition, and my kids
0: are going to handle. Prepare it Your kids aren't adult. bringing their parents to the job interview. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> did you guys hear that stuff I saw that one I'm out afraid of, of afraid one out of four or one out of five Gen Z first jobbers is taking their parents to their job interview.
3: That's so crazy. That's insane, dude. crazy.
2: Maybe it's smart though, right? Like maybe we should start doing that because we get to see the, the example set. We're like, all right, we got mom and dad and we got the kid here.
0: Mom's got a pack of Marlboros in her yeah. sleeve. <laughs> yeah. right.
2: They ain't gonna make it. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. You stay in the lobby. All right, you you know what yeah. I mean? So like well, they, maybe there's an advantage there. This
1: is what was shocking to me is my my daughter was a supervisor at a local pool for the lifeguards and and she came home one day just frustrated because these, these kids weren't showing up for their shifts. And I was like, Oh, that's too bad. They lost their jobs. And she's like, no, we have a, a no call, no show three times before you get fired. Damn. And I was just like, how, how did that become the norm the standard, the standard that you're allowed to know? Like you, I remember Dude. back, I remember back in the day you think about not showing up and your boss is like, no, sorry, I, I, I know your intention and you're fired. Oh yeah. And now it's like, you're no call, no show three times before you lose your job. I was just like, I do not understand what's happening.
0: Well, that comes from people not wanting to do their jobs themselves and not wanting to go through the hassle of trying to find another employee because they're all trash. That's what that's, they've dealt with. Well, that was,
1: that's the problem. Yeah. That's why they are uh, having that lenience because there's nobody stepping up to right. take that spot, and then they fail as a business because there's nobody to do it, Bro, people, which is why it's so remarkable about
0: you guys. I mean, you're no, top d- down. Dude, like, dude people, people, th- people, think, people think there's like an employee tree. You have to, like, there's a whole lot that goes into that, man. It's not like you just go out and pick these people. You got to work with them. Yeah. Just like, just like we got to assume they don't know anything, right? We got to teach them. We got to show them. We got to work with them. We got to set an example. You know, these are, these are things that other business owners just don't do. They want to plug and play. And unfortunately plug and play is not working right now because the talent pool isn't really.
2: Yeah. That's what I talked to this group about yesterday or the day before, you know, you know, there there are no bad employees, only bad leaders, right? When And when you think of it that way, the responsibility is on the leadership. And yeah, it might be difficult to train those employees to get them to the standard that you want to, but that doesn't mean that it's impossible. And, you know, when you start taking on that challenge in a similar manner and saying, okay, well, if I know that the difference between winning and losing is our ability to be able to cultivate these youth into becoming career-driven professionals, that becomes the game. It's not selling supplements. It becomes how do we cultivate culture? How do we develop people? Yeah, through development of you know, making professionals. Because if everybody else is struggling to do that and we win at that, that means that we'll have a better culture and a better team. You know, and it doesn't mean that we're absolved from it forever and you know, we ebb and flow too, right? Good times, bad times. But when you start looking and just kind of refocusing the game and say, well, wait a minute, maybe the game's down here. And the easy thing to do is to point the finger and say, Well, it's the workforce because the hard thing to do is go look in the mirror and say well it's us. Yeah. yeah, well, Maybe it's us, you know what I mean? And yeah. we've ha- we've had to have that conversation. You know,
1: sit everybody down and say, "Hey guys, you ever think maybe it's us? Like yeah. we're failing? What do you yeah. think about that?" You yeah, cuz the the term that I heard that like really hit me was like we're in a talent crisis. Right? And, and to me, that means we're in a leadership crisis. Uh, dude, that's right. Because percent. that means the leadership is failing because like they don't know what they don't know, and they're just products of their environment. That's and right. so if we've got a talent crisis, I think, well, no, we've we've got a leadership crisis. That's right. And that will fix the problem. Again, it's from the top down, which yeah. is what we see here. Well, people want to belong. People want to win. People want to to know that
2: their life matters. People want to know all these things, right? You have to put them in a position to do them. That's yeah. your job. Yeah. And I think that's where... I mean, even we struggle with it because it's not... Like you can't just set the place and and hope that it scales itself, right? And I think that's where a lot of people struggle. Well, I have, you know, one store that does well. So I should open the second store and it's just gonna automatically do well. No. You know what I mean? Like you have to go back into the process and you have to you have to constantly be in that, you know, if the process is one through ten, you have to constantly be in the one, two, three phase, constantly, you know, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, teaching and showing and setting the example for what success looks like. Because you know, that piece of, of the journey is for us is the win, you know, mastering the one, two, three, I'll you know. tell you
0: what, I'd like to be one of these 20 year olds right now. Yeah. I would love to be one of these 20 year olds, man. Cause they're you, you would, if you are a driven hungry motivated there's no competition Disciplined individual at 20 years old right now you are going to kill everybody else
1: that's why i'm so excited about my kids who are yeah. coming yeah. to the real world because i'm like yeah pick your spot yeah and go what do you want to do <laughs> because you're, you're so resilient and you, you've you learned and had a front row seat like go be the top at any game you want to go be at, yeah. at the top and, and you'll do it because of the principles that they have and frankly the competition is just like
2: well, she wanna move so to St. Pl- Louis. I mean, I was just in Utah, so I can see why maybe she doesn't want to, but yeah, well, you know. St. Louis is super pretty. We're always hiring. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not Park City, I can tell you that.
3: Yeah, man. Maybe I, don't park here. Yeah. She's just, <laughs> is, you live in Park City. This is a do not park, city. Not park city, city. Do yeah. not park here,
2: you will not have your car city.
0: Uh, hey. It is what it is. You <laughs> gotta have a little street smart if so you live in St. Louis. Yeah, that's so, right. That's right. Yeah.
2: Competitive advantage on the streets. That's James. right. Yeah. So yeah. I, got, I got a confession, got to have it. When you came and asked us for money, and you said you were going to do one hundred and one, one hundred and one Ironman triathlons, and we got to be real honest here because Ironman banned you from using Ironman, which is totally we can use it, which is totally honky. Like that was like boo on Ironman. But did he say honky? He did say honky. Honky. I was That's racist.
3: It. Oh, I got excited. that's your favorite word isn't it i I, I don't get it the The, uh,
0: dj's eyes lit up
2: dude (laughs) i thought to myself there's no way this dude's gonna do it there's no way this guy's gonna do it and i remember sitting you sitting in my office looking at it and it's not that i didn't support you i thought to myself i'm like man this dude like that's literally impossible having watched the documentary, having known you, having done all the things, and we, you know, we're putting up a, a lot of money to do it, right? And I'm sitting here looking at them, I'm like, so we came up with a deal, was, hey, I'll pay you half up front and half when you finish.
1: It was, I'll tell you this, I, I laughed, chuckled a little bit on the inside when I went to get the second half of the the check and you were like, I didn't think we we're gonna to have to write that check. Yeah, <laughs> and I was right. like, ah, <laughs> got him. <laughs> yeah, 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 no,
2: but I mean, it's, uh, when I say this, it's as honorable as a confession I could ever make, because, yeah, you, you know, man. we went out and, and you know, I, I only ran the marathon with you for the 100, and I remember do you remember seeing me? You're probably blacked out at that point in time.
1: No, but I remember I, you being out there.
2: Yeah, I remember seeing you and, and and it was like such an overwhelming sense of pride to watch and you were broken. I mean, you were damn near delirious. I mean, I'm looking at this guy and I'm thinking, this guy is you want to talk about putting it together, like he pounded your chest and you're looking at me and you got a big hug, you were moving, you know, and 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 when you cross that finish line, it's one of the coolest moments that I've had in my life. And I didn't do I mean I didn't do anything, I was just experiencing it, watching it, and it cost us few hundred grand you know what i mean like <laughs> it was not like like oh here we are it's like you write the check and the guy's winning and you're, you you got to pay it but it was like one of those things it was such a cool moment but i have to say like you know sitting in that and it, i don't want you to be confused it was doubt i was more looking at you like man this
0: dude's nuts right i'll make a confession too i knew you were gonna do it yeah i fucking knew it i knew what you were gonna do i would have committed a hundred grand or whatever it was a couple hundred grand whatever the fuck i don't remember what it was I I I, did, I thought I'm like bro, this guy can do fifty fucking Ironmans in fifty states in fifty days. There's fucking nothing this guy can't do. I still believe that. That's well, true. You,
1: well, and for me, it was a kind of a surreal moment because um, I, I had I had a couple big goals in that project. One, make it past fifty, reset your own history, prove everybody wrong. Make it to seventy-five because I was like, dude, I want I want to prove to everybody that like do seventy-five hard, but do it with an Ironman. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't get to see Sal and the crew until day 100. And so when you showed up on day 100, and I'm like, this is the day. I made it because Sal's right here, and Sal's not showing up on any other day but I told day 100. That was our whole thing. He can me. He can no, I'll come on 100. 100. And I was like yeah i'm Sal's here and i'm here and that's why i was like pounding my chest i gave a big <laughs> hug and i'm like holy shit we made it it was cool man because you kept texting
2: me you're gonna come no i will be there 100 it was like you know man. my brain it's like 100 I, 100 or die that's where i'm at you yeah. know <laughs> and there he was man running on that trail behind your house overlooking and by the way the trail is beautiful yeah
1: do you go out on it still every day do you really yeah i figured you'd never want to see it again you know i, I uh, that 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 comment has been made a lot but for me um, I choose to look at the, the really great moments and the memories that had there. And, yeah. and I even look at the suffering as that was part of the journey that, that molded the memories that I have and the struggle that existed there and, and turned me into who I am. And so I, I have a lot of pride on that trail yeah, because it was blood, sweat and tears and it brought people from around the world together. And in fact, when I got into trouble early, like day five, I'm starting to get stress, stress fractures, like can't walk, waiting for the step, my leg's going to break and it was just incredibly, almost embarrassing or humiliating for me to have to like slow down and walk because part of my thing was like I'm going to do a hundred and I'm I'm going to show a level of athleticism that's never been seen. It was a little bit arrogant. Yeah. And then when you got to have a, I mean, yeah, you have, you to, have, have that. to walk into something like that with a little bit of swagger because if you if you don't, you're done anyways. And so when I had to slow down and 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 was starting to get criticism for walking and my, I mean my, my legs were really literally going to break and. Then we started to hear people say, I'm so grateful that you're hurt and going slow because I wouldn't have been able to join you otherwise. And, and we had a lot of life changing moments out there where people got to participate with us because we were throttled back and, and it became like my, my pain and my suffering became this greatest gift for people to come and have this experience with us. And do we, we raised over a million dollars for sex trafficking freedom. And, and that wouldn't have happened had it just been like this athletic showcase of whatever, but it was like the humility and slowing down and then the, the community coming in and just be getting to be part of something so big together. And, and obviously it doesn't happen without you guys and your generosity. So now, not,
0: thank now, you. now we, now you shot a documentary on this a full documentary.
1: Yes, and
0: tell us about that. I'm super pumped about it. It actually drops on uh,
1: March 21st. We're doing a private showing um, at the Sundance Ski Resort in Utah, and then it's going to hit all the streaming platforms. And um, I, I, I gave the the producer we we turned over thousands of hours of footage. It was an incredible editing job. And I said, look, you've got you've got four jobs. You got to you got to leave people with a sense of family because we're family first. This has got to be about community and everybody coming together for one cause. Um, People have to get the sense of hope um, dealing with the things that they're dealing with. And you can't make me look like an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, they, they nailed the first three. Yeah. 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 <laughs> hey, so batting 750. Exactly. Man. Hey, that's, that's, paid, those babe. are pro stats, baby, right there.
2: But I think what you said is is extremely important, and not to take away from the documentary momentum, but that perspective that you have about being grateful for the opportunity is extremely important. You know, because a lot of times, you know, there's a choice. Sanders' point on the 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 child who goes one way versus the other. It's how we see things and how we look back on them, and how we see the perspective of life, like where there's good, there's bad. And where there's bad, there's good. But you got it, it's, you find what you're looking for. And that piece, you know, to somebody who's seeing you go through the struggle, yeah, it might not be you're going to do 100, uh, you know, Ironmans. But that struggle that you're going through is the same struggle of somebody starting day one of, you know, losing 10 pounds, right? The, the struggle, the mental struggle, the physical struggle, like, where do I start? What do I do? And that perspective that you have to be able to, you know, extract from that, that incredible feat that you went on is just simply showing up and competing every day. You know, like, hey, if I show up one more day, what happens? If I stand on my, if I stand, you know, committed to myself for one more day, what am I capable of? And that's a piece about success in life, whether it's physical, whether it's finance, uh, whether it's personal, it's like, you know, stacking those wins and showing up to compete day after day after day after day is how you make, that's how you make life. That's how you make the big, the big movements make. uh, Andy asked
1: the question about um, comparison. And, and I hate it when people compare, you know, their journey to mine or I couldn't do that or I'm, I just did this. And and I'm I'm huge on, on people just recognizing that, like, everybody's heart is different and you just have to be OK with meeting yourself where you're at and, and, and just getting that momentum going and and just being OK where you're at and stop comparing yourself against other people because truly We have no idea. And you talk about perspective. I love this topic, but we have no idea what somebody's background was and where they came from and how they got to where they're God and, and what were the experiences they had that shaped that perspective and, and what gave them their belief system. And so, man, I just try to have so much compassion for people that are either struggling or have lost their way and just trying to get them back on the path of like, just, just. Meet yourself where you're at and get back on track and going and start creating you know the powerless, those small wins right. every single day. That is such a big man, concept. We got
0: to start man- we, when we're in that position, I saw a video last night that really like touched me. Um, <clears throat> it was a video a guy on Instagram sent me of a woman in his uh, he has a Facebook group where he trains people, and I guess she, you know, I mean, she was, she was overweight, uh, but she made like a four minute video where she was talking about like how powerless she felt how how hopeless she felt and that she was posting the video because she actually had committed to doing 75 hard and wanted people to know that she had committed um, and was basically talking about you know how she knows she's going to really struggle through the events that she has to go to and she can't enjoy herself and Just hearing that like it's been I actually commented to the the guy I said, bro, you know, it's good to see these videos because one it creates perspective for the people who have been living uh, a disciplined lifestyle for so long that they have forgotten what it's like to feel that level of powerlessness and hopelessness and um, I think it's always good to really remember what it's like to be in that position. Because, dude, like, when you're in that position, you don't even have control over what you put in your mouth or what you don't put in your mouth. You know what I mean? Physical objects like food or alcohol or anything have complete control over you. Addiction is scary, man. Dude, and it's, 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 it's something that we really, everybody, like, everybody out there, because we have a very... Uh, I would say, you know, go get our audience, right? Everybody here is ambitious. Everybody here wants to win. Everybody here wants to create. But I think it's very important for everybody to remember that, like, once you get it together, it's your job to also pull other people along with you and help them understand, you know, that they do have hope and they do have the capacity for change. And it's really not that hard. You just feel like it's that hard because you haven't been able to overcome it in so long. Yeah. And so... um, you know, perspective for us, you know, guys who have done things in their life or people who have done things, I think is super important, man, because a lot of people, you know, what's common sense to maybe you at this point in your life or me at this point in my life or you may not be common sense for the average person that has never been able to say no to french fries. <laughs> as silly as that sounds, I was that person. I know what that's like, dude. I know what it's like to say, hey, I am going on a diet. I am going to I'm fixing this shit. This is the last day I'm done with it and then like 2 days later be like, "I can't take it anymore." You know, like I know what that's like. And um I think one of the most important perspective switches for me when I was in that position was to think of it as a mental test and not a not such a physical test. You know, get your brain wrapped around, "Hey, th- if other people can do this, I can do this." You know what I mean?
1: I think that's where comparison is good.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm. Yeah. That's what I'm getting to. So when we talk about comparison and we talk about not comparing yourself, there are times where it is really good. And you know, for example, like if you are a high level competitor, it is necessary for you to compare yourself against other high level competitors uh, to keep sharp and to progress. But when you're just getting started, the way that you use comparison to your advantage is by remembering that like all these people that have done all these things that you admire, created these companies, done these amazing, ridiculous human history-making, difficult physical challenges like you have, these things, people did these. Like people, like human beings just like you. They, You cut them open, they bleed red, man. Yep. You know, they're not different than you. And the only thing that makes them different is that they were willing, to your point, to be humble enough in the beginning to say, hey, look, I'm going to do this and I'm going to suck at it in the beginning, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep showing up. And um, I think if we, I think if we as a culture would recognize that like we need to really do a good job. You know, we talk a lot about America and society on, on this podcast, but it is our obligation that once we get ourselves out of that difficult spot for us to pull other people and show them that they can as well, And I think that's um, I think that's something that that we need to like really, really, really remember. You know what I mean? It's not just about us. It's about them, too.
1: Yeah. And when you're at that point, and I I think just a, a quick change in perspective is is not comparing, but shifting it to modeling. And you find someone who models it, just yeah. like the the four minute mile, for n- impossible to do until they did it. Until he does it, yeah. and then two weeks later, another guy does yeah. it, and now high Ten school did and it now high school yeah, right. kids do it every single year. And so it's impossible till somebody does it. And so I think we need to stop comparing, and we need to like leadership, like you talked about, uh, Sal, and then modeling, finding someone that's done it, and go, okay, I'm at the beginning of my journey. I'm not going to compare myself to them i'm going to model myself after right. them and then start to create those small wins yeah and then that creates that momentum and that's to me that's just a different feeling of comparison versus modeling and that now, now that's going to that create that momentum
2: well and i think that that piece you know like when you look at you know finding great role models you know in society like finding people you look up to and admire and, and have a humility to be able to reach out to them and say hey man can i get some help like i'm gonna i'm in a spot yeah you helping me out and then the second side of that is Everybody else, you, some people have different gifts. You know, for you to build a $10 million business, might, you, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if, if it scares you or doesn't scare you, you. might think to yourself, like, how the hell would you start that? And for me to go out and run uh, an Ironman scares the hell out of me. But for me to build a $10 million business in my brain, I think, well, that's pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? For you for to me, go I'm run like, an Ironman, like, Iron yeah, right yeah now. I'm going to do it right now. You know, <laughs> so, like, there are skill sets associated, too, and so, you know, being able to understand, be self-aware of, hey, what am I capable of? What's going to happen? What can I be realistic with? And then attack. You know, being able to have that humility to show up and compete for yourself every day.
1: Yeah, and in terms of modeling, like, you, you know, we've all heard a thousand times, like, you are the five people you surround yourself with. Yeah. And, you know, you get those individuals, you know, that are like, well, I, don't, I don't really know five people. Like, I'm stuck in this kind of community or environment. And I'm like, that is one of the gifts of social media. Like, my five guys that are in my circle... They don't even know that I'm in their circle because I'm like modeling them on social media. Like yeah. you're in my circle and Ed's in my circle and like these guys. That Bro, are you're like, in my
0: circle too. I'm gonna well, tell you that well, right I, now.
1: I appreciate it, but like, yeah. there's guys out there that like, okay, I don't. I need to find my five guys, dude. Find the five guys you want to be like. It's on social media, and then just start modeling them. and Yeah. That, and, until
0: they really become part of your circle you know, and your that's community. That's the real the fake gift. it till you make it. That's what fake it till you make it actually fucking means. 100. What it means is fake behaving like them until you become them you know it doesn't mean rent a lambo and fucking take a <laughs> picture in front of it no, no no it's it's exactly that and yeah you know
1: fake it till you make it has kind of got this like bad stigma nowadays but fake it till you make it means like start acting like yeah, that person exactly it starts to become a habit no not turns into acting discipline.
0: like the result acting like the work
1: yes do yes. do the habits the characteristics the traits the, yes. the execution part of it like you can't tell me if you don't if you start to do the activities that Andy's doing you're modeling like we just talked about that behavior and now all of a sudden oh I'm starting to become that person more like that But it's not making it it's actually putting in the work and doing those action steps but
0: you've just created the pathway for me I I gotta just model that I don't think people understand I think when people think about themselves they think about themselves like they look at their life right now and they say this is my life right and I want a different life but they don't stop to understand that what you're looking at now is the result of decisions that were made by a different you that existed in the past. And if you want a different outcome, the current you has to make decisions now, today, even though the result isn't what you want, especially because the result isn't what you want that you have currently, you need to make decisions today that produce a different outcome later. And so what if you really think about it, dude, like if you really dig into it, You're not even the same person that's created the life that you have in front of you that you're dissatisfied with. You're not even that person anymore. You're already somebody else right now. Even though the result of your life says differently, you have made a decision to make the change now, which means you actually are somebody else right now. You're just dealing with the mess this other guy created. And if if we could think about it like that, there's less shame, there's less guilt, there's less embarrassment, there's less, you know... Uh, worry about looking stupid because we're like, yeah, well, that guy was an idiot. I'm not an idiot anymore. I learned my lesson. You know, I'm going to make some better decisions. And I think when I think about things, when I'm dissatisfied, that's one of the things, that's like one of the little mental hacks that I use to, I guess, make myself feel better about it, you know, but maybe that'll help you guys too. You know, I think the result of what we have now, we have to acknowledge that that was that guy. Yeah. That was not me right now. You want to know the greatest that's, that's compliment i ever though, received? Right? Good
3: and bad. Yeah, good good and bad, right? Even the good shit you got right now. That ain't from what you did right uh, now. That's right.
1: Correct. Keeps, keeps it in check on the other end. Correct. Greatest compliment I, I ever receive is, um, you've changed. You've yeah. changed. That's you know, the point. The same. And I'm like, good. Yeah. I hope I'm not the same guy I was when I was 20 or yeah. 30 or 40. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm creeping up on 50, and I'm like, thank you. Yeah. But they didn't, they didn't mean it as a compliment, <laughs> yeah. but I'm like, dude, I'm a rock. I'm on a rocket ship. And if you're not on board, like that's fine. We'll part yeah. ways. Like yeah. our time together is over, but like, it's so important. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to tell people the secret to life right now. It's one, forgive yourself for your past. Like learn from those lessons, but like le- stop carrying that bag of rocks.
4: It, that's bring, hard.
1: Bring the lessons with yeah. you, but like learn from those and then stop catastrophizing and worrying about the future. Have your dream and, and reverse engineer it to the path, but then, like, the hardest thing, and it's totally cliche, but like, it's right now. It's this moment. Because if you take care of today, tomorrow takes care of itself. You know the vision, you That's know the right. dream, you know where you're gonna get to. But what's holding people back is those two things: catastrophizing about the future and living in the past, not forgiving yourself for the,
0: for the turd that you were. What can would you, you spell, say to someone can who. Can you spell catastrophizing, please? Yeah ca catastrophizing a- yes. <laughs> a- 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 Ends in a G, starts with a <laughs> That's right, that's right. In my brain, I'm like, that's Dude, a long-ass word, so, so I do get a lot of messages from people that talk about the forgiveness of self, and they ha- they very much so struggle with that. So talk about that for a second. What do you think on that? Man, it, it takes a ton of work. Um, Just like that, you know, mindfulness
1: is obviously a cliche word, too. It's so funny. I saw a clip on Instagram the other day. They were like, mindfulness dude the phones have ruined mindfulness like back in the day just sitting on a bus mindfulness taking a shit mindfulness like doing all these things it's not mindfulness but now we've got to like set time aside to do mindfulness but but really that's what it takes down to you've got to have that practice of like disconnecting sitting down really dissecting what's happening have open real conversations with your spouse with your parents with your kids with with family have a trusted circle that you can do a deep dive into stuff and then like reset those negative experiences with positive ones and that that's the beauty of the brain is you can totally reset your brain which changes your perspective through different experiences and so if you're if you're stuck in the past all the time it's because you're not progressing you're not showing up you're not trying to learn adapt evolve and change and so like you want to get over your past start creating a new future for yourself because that's the biggest thing we're seeing with people. If, if you're if you're talking with old with friends and whatnot, and all you guys talk about is the past and old memories, they're not your friends. Yeah, and they're they're, they're holding you back from progression, and you're not getting to the root to get yourself over whatever trauma it is, because we all have trauma, and it's all unique to ourselves. But you have to take that effort, just like physical effort in in in, in transformations in business, whatever it takes effort and mindset and getting over your past takes effort. It's not about shoving it down. It's about facing it, overcoming it and creating a new future, changing the perspective in which you see and approach your life. That's, that's the only way to do it. And it, it's, it's work. And sometimes it sucks and you're going to, you're going to have those moments of love, tears and fear and, and imposter syndrome and all these things. And, but uh, you have to unload that bag of rocks in order to, you have to, to, to actually tonight. become someone else. hundred percent. You have to shed those people. And again, I just, I said it moments ago, like
3: the greatest compliment I get is you've changed. I'm like, thank you, I'm, do- I'm doing the work. Would you say that also goes to, because to, okay, so holding on to your past, you're saying that that's one part of it, but what about, what about the people who refuse to even admit that they, had, they are responsible for that past, right? Like, is that, is that also a part of that as well? Oh, 100%, it's a lack of
1: maturity,
0: lack of accountability. Like, just being honest with yourself. Those people are, are kind of off the table, off the mm-hmm. ring. Re- like, until you're willing to accept the reality of how the world works, which is this, It is inputs and it is outputs yeah it is math it is one input equals one output if i put this in i'm going to get this out if i put good in i'm going to get good out if i put bad in i'm going to get bad out this is the reality of life and for someone to make any progress at all to not the first step is to always take accountability and if they can't do that dude there's they're going to be stuck there forever. Yeah. They could can never change. You can't drag them through it. Well, I was to, to your point
1: like yeah. you I just really learned because we do a lot of coaching like you can't you can't make somebody change. And and they have to show up with with humility, with accountability and then a, a willingness to work and shed they've that, got that that that's old where they got the, that, they are. now
0: they're the clay. Now they can be molded. Yes, now yeah. now,
1: now you're like okay, now let's start to rebuild and have experiences to change what it is and so yeah to dj to your point like you can't you you can't work with someone who's not willing and, and in a in a space where where they're wanting to change in fact i i come across people and they're at rock bottom and the first thing i say to them is congratulations like this is the start of the next part because most people don't really change until they've had like a significant event in their lives to where they are either stripped of everything, everything was taken away, a traumatic accident, a a major illness or something, and then they're like, okay, something needs to change. But it takes, I hate to see it, but it takes that moment for someone to have that realization to like start to reclay themselves into something new, something different.
2: Yeah, I had one of my my best friends, you know, growing up and then through college, he uh, became a crack addict of all things, right? Like here we are, like regular people that we would think, college athletes and, Mm somehow this dude gets wrapped up in crack, you know, and you're thinking, no way, like, no way. And it was a long, it was a long process, three, four years. And, you know, I I would call anybody and ask for help. And I would would drag this guy out of the inner city. I mean, I was any, anywhere I could find him. I'd I'd go get him, drag him, fight him, you know, tie him down the whole deal. And, uh, I saw a therapist one time and, and she's like, Hey, listen, like you're not, here's the truth. And you're going to have to face this. He's either going to, you know, overdose or get to a point where he wants to change. Like, he has to change or he's going to die. Yeah. But you you going in and getting him, you're not getting him out of that. He's going to have to do it. And I, I'm so hard-headed. I'm like, nah, that ain't going to happen, you know. But in, after another 18 months of battling it, he went through the process. You know, he hit bottom. You know, he went through the... You know, woke up in a hospital went through the whole deal you know and there he was and he had to make that decision he made the decision change and i think he's 12 or 13 years sober now you know and, and has gone through it but
0: built a great business for himself yeah
2: stud of a human yeah, love awesome dude. I mean, dude but it's crazy like to that point like you had to james to you you have to get not people think rock bottom like oh they gotta be doing bad no you gotta be on the brink of death
1: no uh, so now what you think rock bottom yeah yeah, 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 yeah so yeah, yeah. to your point like I, one of my best friends in high school like Graduated high school, we both won the state championship in wrestling. We both went undefeated in our way. We're standing at the same point at the same time, massive future ahead of us. What are we gonna do? Wrestle. What's that? <laughs> you are gonna wrestle. We're gonna wrestle. We're, We're gonna both fight. undefeated. <laughs> yeah. 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 And um, fast forward twenty years and, and he got addicted to cocaine and went down this road. And I his brother finally called me and he said, I, I don't know who to turn to. Will will you please take him in? And he we moved him to Utah, we took him in our home. We got him working out, we had him reading books, and he was massive progress. And six months go by, and we send him back home, gets off the plane straight to his dealer, and hasn't come out of it yet. Yeah. And so we're like, you just can't, they have to get to the point where they are wanting to make that change. And I'm literally waiting for that phone call to where he's either dead or in prison, or he's turned his life around. And I hope it's the latter, because... There was just nothing we could do because he has to be the one to want and make that change
2: yeah and we actually you know consequently we we get this a lot in in our business in the diet business you you can want better for somebody else but until they want to make that change and they kind of hit you know that moment um they won't make a change and you know people say all the time i want my spouse to do it or or you know i want my mom to do it or i need my kids to do it and having you know hundreds of thousands of reps at this point like you have to you have to want it that's what i've learned and for me and for a lot of people it's a picture right or uh they have a moment where uh they're in a suit and a tie they're with their significant other and they see it and they see their wedding photo and they look at their photo now and they look back and they're thinking holy hell that's me and then they have this internal moment where they make the change but that you know that drastic kind of situation that you have to go through mentally to see is what it takes to require to take the action to go make that change and you know at least in the, in the diet business. And I think a lot in life too, right? Like you have to kind of hit these walls and get to these points of where I don't want it anymore.
1: Well, people ask me all the time, like, how how do you, with what you've accomplished, what motivates you to keep showing up, keep striving for new goals, keep trying to raise the ceiling. And I'm like, I just feel I have a responsibility to set an example for those that aren't in that place yet, because We may not know it or recognize it, but as leaders, like people are watching us and like strangers, we don't even know. And I, I feel a responsibility. I have to keep showing up in my life and execute at a super high level because those people are watching and it's someday it's going to, it's going to click for them. And without my effort directly with them, you saved a person. And and they they gain that confidence, that momentum, and they finally they go, okay, that that's what I want. I'm at rock bottom, and that's what I want. And so I, just like you guys, you want to be this, the the north star for people, and and that and that excellence in your life doesn't go unnoticed. And and it's someday those those individuals are going to do it. They're going to make the change, and guess what? They're going to turn to you. You're going to be their mentor, their coach, and you're going to be able to help them through that. But you, you can't be that person if you're wishy-washy, you're not consistent, you're not showing up, you're not trying to be that, that like standard of excellence that people are striving for. So that, that's what motivates me every single day. Like, who, who's watching? Because on, on day 80 of the Conquer 100, um, I was broken. Like, broken. Like spiritually, mentally, physically. And when I first started this journey in 2012, the world record for the most Ironmans in a year was 20. And I'd done 80 consecutive, I had 20 more to go, and trust me, the last thing I wanted to do was 20 more 140.6 mile days. And I look back at it, and I'm like, because I made the decision to keep going, and I just knew, okay, today, I, I just have to show up and, and do what I can. And the lives that we changed just over those last 20 days is staggering, because we hadn't hit our, our fundraising goal yet, and from that moment to the end, it was a $750,000 bump. And so you, you always, I always ask myself, what would have happened if I quit on day 80 and it would have still been a world record and it still would have been a new standard in endurance, but what, what opportunity did I lose to impact somebody because I, because I chose not to quit on that day. I've changed my legacy for sure right and that's what we need to strive and that's where our mindset needs to go like what's what's my legacy and we'll never reach it right it's this this constant moving benchmark right you 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 know you hear hear people talking about i'm going to chase down the ultimate version of who i am that's that's not possible because it's possible to chase it it's not possible to achieve it correct yes because as we evolve as people the the potential expands yes the version of that person changes so that like to me, it's the most fun thing on the planet is yeah. to try to chase down this, ver- the, the, the baddest version of me, because it's an endless pursuit. And I'm like, who am I going to be in 20 years yeah. trying to chase this son of a bitch down? You know what I mean? And that just fires me up. Well, you're going to have bad no, knees, not-
2: I can tell you that. <laughs> no, I'm not. A- I- I'll tell you right now, I'll be
1: the first person to do uh, 100 uh, 140.6 miles at, at a knee replacement. No, I'll-, <laughs> I'll be bionic at that point. Yeah, bro. that's right. Okay, awesome. At how old? At 100, I'm going to do an Ironman. 100 awesome.
2: years
0: old. I believe um, that.
2: Yeah, I have zero doubts about that. I'll be there on day. You know, I'll be there for the run. Get perfect. <laughs> I'll I'll there, <laughs> I won't be
0: there. I'm shooting for 80. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to have a fucking good time. i ain't here for a long time. All right. The uh, dude, I'm really glad to hear you say that because I, first of all, I agree with you on the pursuit of one's own potential being the literal definition of a successful life because by pursuing your potential, even understanding that you'll never reach it, so much good happens from that Hmm. that is residual because you're continuing to evolve over and over and over and over again. And when people see that, they start to understand themselves differently. And I think that's what separates, if I guess what I'm trying to say here is that, you know, you said what gets you up when you're sore, when you're tired, when you've had, you've already proven everything, You've, you've done all the things, bro. Like, well, you know, I'm sure you'll come up with something crazy again and, and do it again. I know you will. And probably a lot more things. That's the truth. I think you're just getting started. But if the whole world understood what you just said, how different would the world look? Meaning if everybody got up every day and understood that their life was literally crafting other people's lives, that is the switch in perspective that will keep you in check. If you're having trouble, you know, getting it going or understanding what the point is of this or like the woman we spoke of earlier, who's very powerless, you know, try switching the perspective a little bit. Try making it not about you. It's not about you. It's about everybody around you. And it's not just because we're leaders in this room. Everybody's a leader. That's what we're failing to realize as a culture and a society the average guy who's got a blue-collar job, who's going to work, bro, you're still a leader, man. People are watching you. They're observing you. And the example you set, look at Cam Haynes. Cam Haynes is a regular guy who's changed the... I mean, he's very not regular, but in general terms, he's a normal guy. And he's decided to live his life at a very high potential, which in turn inspires millions of people to do the same. And just by a simple guy... Who, you know, works construction and builds things and loves to bow hunt, calls himself a bow hunter. That's his identity. This guy, because of the standard that he holds, he inspires millions of people. And if he can do that, then why can't you do that? 100%. Why can't you, the listener, do that? Why can't you live at a higher standard and show the people around you, even if the people are just your spouse or your kids or your neighbor or in your neighborhood, you know, like, these are the things that actually matter. It's not who's in political office. It's not It's not what's going on in the news. It's what example are we setting out here in society? Because we all complain about society, but we fail to acknowledge that we are society. Yeah. And the example that we set does matter. And if everybody took what you said and really listened to it and really thought about it, you ask a man who's done, I mean, dude, You know, like we said, 50 Ironmans in 50 consecutive days in 50 states, 101 straight Ironmans. I mean, dude, you've ran across Greece. You've biked across the country. You've done all this really, I mean, bro, one of those things is legendary, much less all of them. And you ask him, what's he still doing this for? Why is he still going? And he says, because I want you to see it, because I want you to be better. If we all had that attitude, what would the world look like? And dude it's one of my favorite things about you bro real talk like you 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 totally understand what it means to be a man that is being a man people say what's the difference between a man and a boy being a man is understanding that how you live your life is going to dictate how other people turn out (laughs) regardless if you have kids or not or whatever your circle or sphere of influence might be that is what a man is and right now when people say oh we're lacking men they are correct, but not for the reason that you think. Not because we need more beards or more tattoos or more talking shit. We don't need more of that. We need more real examples. That's what being a man is all about and that's what's going to get this fucker turned around for the for the better. And I I just want to acknowledge that, bro. Like I think that's to me that was the most impactful thing you said all day. Awesome. Yeah, I think I I I appreciate that tremendously.
1: Yeah. And, and and I truly believe that if 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 there was a mindset shift in the world and everybody tried to attack life with this relentless pursuit of excellence and the the measure of success was how many people you could bring to the top of the mountain with you dude i think that w- that would change the world and yeah. like my my goal now is to see how many people i can impact give hope and and start to win the conversations they're having with themselves to get out of their own damn way and dude i've just learned that the the pursuit of excellence it's it's lonely and you don't want to be standing on top by yourself you want to bring as many people with you as possible. And that's what I see happening here at First Form in the culture you guys create. It's not like, what can I get? It's how many people can I help? Well, brother, that's, that's what my we, product, it all happened.
0: That's why we love doing things with you, real talk. Because you do the same thing in your life every day. Yeah. Like, you're out of all the people I've met, which is thousands of them, dude, not only are you like a relentless, aggressive, competitive guy who can pull out that, you know, that fuck you that you got to have to win, right dog in yeah he dude this, yeah. dude this dude this dude has the biggest dog in him <laughs> real talk and and then also be the guy who's encouraging people to come with and be humble it's just a really incredible com- com- combination of, of personality bro and i i know we i'm speaking for all of us here we all fucking love it that means a ton thank yeah
2: you. yeah certainly not common we wish it was more of the norm yeah you know so it's it's always nice to have you around thank you man
0: yeah so you're, you're, you've also got this other thing that you're working on. You got a book coming out. Yeah. Let's man. talk about the book. Yeah. Th- this has been um, an, an exciting project for
1: us only because again, it's what we just talked about. It's, it's trying to get the, the greatest amount of people to the mountaintop and get out of their own way and winning the conversations. And the, the reason the, the title of the book is going to be called iron hope. And, and I, I re- I've got the worst gift ever, Andy. I have this this gift to suffer, and and I thought to myself, man, this is the worst gift ever. Like, why why didn't I have this like incredible baseball talent like Sal, or why didn't I have this like business savviness like you, do? or why good why couldn't looks I play like DJ? I why get... I dig? <laughs> I like, good looks like DJ. Like why oh, well, like this? It was good. That was good. That was good. Well <laughs> like, why why couldn't I be this musician or this artist? And I was like given this gift to be able to suffer, and and over the twenty years that we've been doing this. Thousands of stories have come into our team and through email and messaging that like your ability to suffer has given us hope on our journey where we didn't ask for the suffering, whether it's addiction or illness or trauma or whatever it is. And that was just like incredibly humbling for me. And so that's why we named it Iron Hope. And and the, the purpose of the book is to to give people that hope that the regular everyday person, the hope to deal with. And overcome the adversity and struggles that we're dealing with because it's, it's crippling t- today. And and it's it to, to me. I mean, it's 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 been a lifelong um, journey to put this book together. Um, the lessons that we've learned and 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 just the things that I think we could impart on people to to give them that hope to start winning those conversations to create that momentum. Um, because I truly, man, m- myself, my wife, our kids, it's a team effort, and we just want to see as many people win and, and, and have success, I, I, I believe I have found pure joy in my life. And it's, it's through family, it's through community, it's through struggle, it's through doing hard things, it's about reaching finish lines and mountaintops together. And, and I just want to give that gift to people. So I'm, I'm really excited about the team we put together, the book that we've written. Um, it's gonna come out January of 2025, um, and it's gonna, it's gonna be awesome. That's awesome.
3: About it, you know.
0: So let me ask you this so people see things like the amazing feats that you've done and they hear you speak you've been speaking i mean for 10 years you've been a professional speaker you're one of the best too one one of the best If you guys ever need a good speaker to come speak to your organization in any capacity i would highly recommend james he spoke in our organization he's amazing not good no he's great. great 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 um maybe a better speaker than
2: a than a ironman runner or athlete right you're pretty damn good at it I'm man. I'm pretty damn good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I heard when the first time I heard yeah. it I was like, damn, James is good, man.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's
1: it's, it's crazy. It's been it's been the greatest gift for me. I, I've now spoken to 56 countries around the world. Yeah, true. Um, and just been unbelievable to speak from NFL teams to accountants in Sri Lanka. Um but what, what's what's amazing is that's that's what fills my bucket is I'm I can move a room and for me to watch a room move like that and every person in there have an experience, because I'm not I'm not talking to how to improve your bottom line at your company. I'm talking to the individual and I'm talking to your mind and your heart. And we change the way somebody feels and thinks. It changes every aspect of their lives in terms of home and relationship and then business. So in fact, it does increase business's bottom dollar because we're talking to
0: the way somebody thinks and feels. And, Is and that it's your act- pitch? Is God, I'm gonna make you money? I hope so. <laughs> I hope it works. Hey, hey listen, I was, I was yeah. getting was, Yeah, me too. I need <laughs> you too, bro. I
1: need, I, need, I need the the tech yeah. guys to pull that clip out specifically. Yeah, we got it. My, my, my <laughs> I'm going to you. So, dude, yeah, listen.
0: Man. So, people see you do all these amazing things, and they assume that you're a superhuman guy, and, and you have struggles, and you have things that you've been through. And you, let's talk about some of the things that, that, have, that you've had to overcome. Yeah, I, I think it's so
1: important to realize that, like you said, you, Flesh and blood. Yeah. They cut me. I still bleed. Yeah. Um, I, I put, I put my pants on one leg at a time. Like everybody else. Yeah. In fact, I woke up today and I'm like, dude, I'm not good enough to be on Andy's podcast. Like just that. Bro, imp- you're that, that like I'm... one of the
0: main reasons I have the podcast. Yeah, I, I'm without, just saying. Without I, me meeting you 75 hard wouldn't even be a thing. It's so humbling when yeah. you say that. It, it's like, real truth. It, it blows, it blows my mind. But,
1: but I'm like, I, I, I'm like everybody else. And that's the real struggle. That's the thing that people struggle with most is that imposter syndrome and again, it's just straight up the conversations that we're having with ourselves. And after the after the hundred Ironmans um, in a hundred days, I was broken mentally. Yeah. And and it like just from concussions and PTSD. And it took two years of really hard work and and resetting those neurological pathways um, because it's real. And and I, I, some days I woke up with incredible anxiety incredible depression They they did these tests on me where they were testing my eye movements and they were in the millions and they were supposed to be in the thousands and they, they they questioned how i was functioning and when they did my brain scans they were like we don't know how you get on stage and 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 do what you're doing and it was just at that point sheer will um to be able to do it because i'm like i have to keep going i have to keep showing up i'm not i'm never going to quit on myself and through a lot of work and struggle and teamwork and love for my wife and family um we did a recent brain scan at the end of last year and they said a hundred percent clear no signs of ptsd no one would know you had a concussion um so you literally fixed your brain fixed my i broke my brain and then i fixed it And, and that's that's a message that i want to get people to know and understand like even these guys that you look
0: up to, and, and all like we we struggle. Oh yeah, right? I've heard you talk about oh, it. All listen, the time. you and I like, talked about this exact issue. Hundred percent. Because I've had lots of uh, actual physical trauma in my life. You know, I got stabbed in the head. My head was swollen for a year and a half. Yeah, I played football. I played all kinds of contact sports. I fucking been under chronic stress twenty four hours a day for the last twenty five years. So yeah, we've. Bit been, been through some shit. I mean, I went to the world championships
1: last year for the swim run race. It's called Otillo. It's in Sweden. And for the first time in my career, I didn't make the cutoff. and And I left that race, and I was so embarrassed. I was humiliated. and And I was just like, and it's because I was I was literally broken. Yeah. And, and when you when you establish yourself in society as like the toughest dude and you're incredibly and mentally tough and you're you're unbreakable, and, and then you you miss it you miss a race cutoff and you're in last place. And that was a moment for me where I'm like, that's not okay. Yeah. And something's and going on. Something's going on. Yeah. And I was so grateful for the team that I had, the support that I had literally fixed my brain. Yeah. And I'm so fired up this year. Like, I, yeah, we dude, said, I could we, tell bro. We said at the beginning, like I'm going to South Africa. Yeah. I've got a couple world championships on the schedule this year. Like I'm, I'm almost 50 You haven't seen the best of me yet. Dude, I I believe that a million percent. And and, and I'm so fired up. Like, just my perspective, like we've talked about today, like, it's so wide open, the possibility.
0: I'm going to PR in most modalities that I do this year. So, when we talk about overcoming hardship and we look at society, you know, you and I have spoken a lot through, through, and by the way, I could tell you're different. I could feel it. I could feel it in your presence this time versus the last time I saw you in real life. I know I and I know what that's like. I know what it's like to fucking step up and have to do your talks and do your job and and pretend like everything's cool when it ain't cool. I know exactly what that's like. I just went through a very difficult uh physical situation with my health as well, um, which I'll tell you about off the show. Uh, but it fixed a lot of my a lot of what was going on with me. Um and it was physical. It was physical. I oh, fuck, I just say it here. So I had Uh, I had a bleeding ulcer in my stomach for the last four years. And then I had two bleeding polyps in my colon for the last four years without, so I had a little blood in the toilet when I would go poop and, uh, and I thought it was from lifting because I would always get like little hemorrhoid issues from lifting weights. Well, turns out I've had this blood issue, this blood in my gut and in my intestines for the last four years, which is causing my intestines and my gut to flare up. Which means i can't absorb any of my food but what it also means is that because my blood is it actually caused me to be anemic which was causing massive anxiety so i'm in fight or flight all the time because i'm bleeding and i can't see it right i can only see it in the toilet i'm like oh that's no big deal i know that sounds crazy to you guys but like that mm-hmm. stuff doesn't phase me out like i'm just like yeah whatever i got a fucking broken finger i don't give a shit. You, you you get it so but uh dude i went and got it fixed and within three days my brain was fucking right like it was crazy all it was was i just didn't have much oxygen and that signal was going to my brain it fixed a lot of stuff uh, which is why i'm excited about this year for me physically too because i can now absorb food but the point is you know we go through these times where we know we're not right and it's not because we can't push through or we're we're weak or we're uh not tough enough like bro you're running across fucking grease bro you're yeah. pretty tough you know what i'm saying? at at some point we do have to stop and, and say, hey, uh, there is a real problem here. But, you know, what would you say to, because like right now in society, I, I struggle to talk about these things because I feel like our culture is so geared towards manufacturing problems that aren't real versus addressing problems that are. Meaning, I feel like a lot of people have built their identity in being a victim and saying i got all this stuff wrong with me i can't do this and for attention and likes and shares on the internet and it's almost hard to like differentiate differentiate um real real situations from non-real situations now and i think that keeps a lot of people from addressing situations that could be real right like i don't feel good i'm not feeling right i'm i'm fucked up but i don't want to be a pussy because i don't want to be like one of these guys on the internet that's just crying about all this shit all the time so like What do you think like what's your take on that
1: yeah i mean we just have to everybody has to have their own unique experiences and then you've just gotta know and understand your body and and how it's reacting and and be honest with yourself like okay is this an injury or is this just an ache or a pain yeah and is this a moment where i push through and i grow or do i need that recovery right because as as guys we're like push go grind all the time right and but we do need to, to respect that like recovery and downtime like people don't understand because they see my really intense moments, but at my home, I got a hyperbaric chamber at my house. I've got a red light therapy bed. I've got uh, a PT and massage that comes in every single week. Like LeBron James spends a million dollars a year on his physical health so that he can perform. And so really those individuals that are just sitting at home, like questioning, should I, shouldn't I, they're not getting the knowledge and experience they need to, in order to make those, those decisions. Right. And it's, 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 Again, humility, like you're saying, okay, I can either grind this out, but are, what type of long-term damage are you doing by not by not checking that out? Yeah. And like, dude, I, I, I cracked, like on day day 59 of the 100, I crashed and I broke my back. Yeah. And I cracked my L5 vertebrae and had to do 41 Ironmans with a broken back. And so a lot of people would be like, whoa, that's that's like dangerous to like put your body in that position. But I really know my body because I've had a lot of experience in doing this stuff my wife knows me in a minute like all these things like we know by showing up and having experiences like where our limits are am i injured or am i is it smart to yeah. push through and all these things and so frankly for those people that are just like not a, engaging and experiencing in life like that's what you have to do to be able to get to know oneself yeah and surround yourself with people too that like know you can understand yeah. you because like my wife was the first one to say hey something's wrong yeah with your brain. Yeah. I know you, we've been married 23 years. Like yeah. we need to address this. And then for me as a man to be humble enough to say, okay, w- what does that look like? Yeah. You know? And so again, it's just like knowing yourself and then surrounding yourself with unbelievable people that also
0: recognize that and, and will will put their hand out and help you. I think also to add, dude, I think, you know, you have to push yourself to a certain point to, un- to actually create uh, awareness of what is wrong. You know, a lot of people, oh, I stuck to my diet five days. I deserve three days off my diet because I got to recover, bro. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the other end of the spectrum. We're talking about pushing yourself to the point of literal destruction and then having to step back and say, all right, this isn't good. What do I got to do now? How hard was that for you to to address mentally? Yes, super hard to, to get to that point
1: because you, when you're... Because, like,
0: bro, you're the, you've are the you done all this shit, right? Yeah. In your brain, you're like, fuck, I can do anything.
1: Right. Well, dude, I'm telling you, the You've been able to
0: ignore so
3: many red flags and have popped yeah. up before. Well, the, the brain yeah. is so
1: powerful. Like, yeah. somebody asked me on day 98 uh, how many I could do, and I was like, 200? Yeah. Like, that's where my mind was, and I was in that state of grind and push, and I was just in that really protective state. And then, like, day 102 and three, I was, like, broken. And so again, recognize like how powerful the mind is, but what we need to do also too is like, we need to, you know, we've talked about in the past, like showing up and doing hard things intentionally. That was kind of the yeah, line, yeah. The line yeah. I said that created yeah. the yes. 100. And I, and I went and did this race, this uh, ju- uh, jungle race in Fiji, uh, back country. It was a Mark Burnett production, Bear Grylls was the host, 67 countries from around the world, teams of four. Um, and it was actually called the world's toughest race.
0: I remember and, that.
1: Yeah, it was on yeah. Amazon, Amazon Prime, and they kept trying to convince me, and they wanted me to say on camera this was the hardest thing that I've ever done. And we came into every <laughs> camp and everything, we were smiling, we were laughing, like the other teams were so so miserable and suffering, and they just couldn't understand why we were so happy coming into every camp, and they 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 just badly wanted us to say it was the hardest thing we've ever done, and we basically laughed the whole time because we were like. No, you have. we've done fifty days of impossible. This is eight days. Like yeah. come on. and and that's the point. It's not even believable. Is he right? And so that's the point here is you, you have to show up and do hard things to move that bar through experience to know what's good, what's wrong, and and what's easy and what's hurting you and what's not. But you have to change where that, that bench that benchmark yeah. line is. So do things really hard all the time. So that when general society says, this is hard, you're like, no, this is easy. And I know because I've had experiences and I can navigate it differently. And that's yeah. for you, like you, you got to the point where you're pushing yourself and you're like, okay, this is, this is serious. Yeah. And it takes a humble person to know. Yeah. Okay. I'm when I no looked in the blood pushing. and there
0: was a gallon of blood or I looked in the toilet, and there was a gallon of blood in there and it was black and red blood and I'm fucking puking have a feet. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking. Yeah, up. this is no longer mental. Yeah. This is no yeah, longer right. mental toughness. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: And and it takes a ton of maturity and humility to be able to do that. Yeah, and, and to go. Okay, fuck, I, it scared the help.
0: shit out of me, dude. I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna die tomorrow. I better go right now. Yeah, we got me. That's what it takes, me, dude. <laughs> it takes me that far to like take action like that. Yeah, and we hope that most people don't go that far. But well, I think, but I do think people error on the other side of it. I think we live in a culture now where people think they're doing something when they're not really doing anything, you know? And so I just want to clarify, when you hear James talk about these things and we talk about, you know, when to back off and when to push, bro, if you look in the mirror and you're fucking 100 pounds overweight and your bank account is empty and you're living in the basement of your mom's house- time to push. (laughs) Bro, this is push time. This ain't fucking you need a rest. You've been resting your whole life. All right. So I just want to clarify that statement of, uh, well, and the reality reality.
1: too is when somebody starts on a journey where they're in that point where they're 300 pounds and broken everything, everything's going to hurt and be dis uh, uncomfortable when you start back doing something because your body's so used to being in that comfortable sheltered state and but then as soon as they start they feel that discomfort and they're like whoa i need I'm, rest i'm hurting myself yeah. i gotta
3: back I'm, off yeah. here a little and bit. you
1: push through those ones and, right exactly yeah. those are the times when you push through and yeah. so yeah again it it's through experience to know when to push yeah and when not but people like it, it this happens all the time with new runners they run they feel knee pain and they're like "Ah, oh, I, I can't run i have bad knees and i'm like no, your knees are hurting because your quads are tight and they're pulling up and it's bringing the sucking the kneecap in because you just started a new activity that's foreign to you. And the reason you have bad knees is because you don't run. And so there, so there's, you got to start to like understand the difference of when to show up, when to push, whatnot. And it's, it's a valuable lesson that everybody needs to learn. But again, just like success and everything, you have to show up in life, have these experience in order to know where that push and not push line is. And it's yeah. the only way to do anything in life is it's through experiences.
0: Brother, I have, as always, greatly enjoyed our conversation. Um, I know you've got a plane that you're getting ready to catch. Yeah. So if you could leave everybody with one piece of advice or a couple pieces of advice or just some words of encouragement with everything going on in the world and um, all the disruption and all the frustration and, you know, it's difficult times for a lot of people, you know, what would you say?
1: Yeah, I would say, number one, show up every single day with honesty and integrity. Mm-hmm. I think I think the world's lacking that right now, and I and and I I truly believe that it's a gift to um, first show up with that honesty and integrity, but then not care or internalize what other people think mm-hmm. about you mm-hmm. and the way you're operating. And and if you just continue to show up and and chip away at, at the task, at the dream, at the whatever it is, you'll win. Because the only way to guarantee that you'll fail is to stop showing up. And I'll just share just real quick that. That race in Fiji, the Fijian team was given a spot just because they were the host country. No training, terrible uh, coaching, terrible equipment. Mark Burnett walked up to him, no chance you guys finish. Um, they beat every single team that quit. And, and I was standing on Survivor Island when the Fijian team crossed the finish line with huge smiles on their faces. Now they were dead last, but they beat every single team that quit because they understood movement and time and if i just keep moving time's going to keep ticking and eventually i'll get there and they were gritty out of necessity because they grew up in that in that life mm-hmm. and, and and they they developed that skill set and so really my my message is meet yourself where you're at give yourself some grace everybody's heart is different just start learn as you go be gracious in your mistakes and just keep chipping away and eventually
0: you'll get there surrounded by amazing people bro i love it man i um let's hit the dates on when your your documentary and your book come out one more time for everybody documentary release march 27th of
1: 2024 and then super pumped for the release of our new book iron hope
0: january 2025 and uh where can people follow you at where are you most active on socials yeah
1: most active
0: on instagram iron cowboy james all right guys listen If you're not following James and you're not part of his ecosystem, you need to be, okay? This man's changing the world. He's setting an example for what it means to be tough, to be mentally tough, to be physically tough, and also, and most importantly, uh, be an amazing human being, bro. And I am very, very, very grateful for our friendship. I'm very grateful for you and everything that you're doing. And knowing you and and being your friend is a great honor to me and a great honor to everybody here. That's real shit. I appreciate that, man. I feel um, the same way. I'm very, very, very thankful that even though it's very rare that people like you exist because, uh, you know, when things get hard, like you said, I'm in your circle in certain ways, you're in my circle. And when things get hard, I think of you. I think of things that you have been through. I think of things that you have went through and, um, you know, 75 hard wouldn't exist without your influence and our friendship. And uh, it's changed millions of lives. And so, dude, I just want to say thank you genuinely from my heart for being who the fuck you are, man.
1: I I thank you tremendously. And I just want to share something really quick. I was in the gym working out uh, this morning and your dad came up to me and he said, man, I remember the first time you spoke here at headquarters. And he goes, I woke up the next day and I went and ran. I was going to I wanted to run three miles. And he goes, I ran 10 miles. And for three years straight, I ran almost every single day. And he goes, he goes, when I wanted to quit, he goes, I always had a run partner. And he looks over and down to his left and he goes, it was you and Chad Wright. And every time I wanted to quit, you, both of you were right there yelling at me, telling me to take that next step. And it's, it's those stories, those moments of why guys like you guys like me choose to with relentless pursuit show up every single day, because like. Dude, what an honor to to have that impact on your dad and to have him
0: share that story he, with me. He I talks. Like... People don't understand. My dad's almost eighty years old. Yeah. So when he's saying he's out running six miles a day and running ten miles, that's a huge deal. This is only a, a two years ago. Yeah. So he's seventy nine years old. So I mean, he was seventy seven years old yeah. doing this. It was so cool for me to hear that. So yeah. I I I appreciate your your
1: comments. I, it's an honor to be on the show. So
0: yeah. All right, guys, don't be a hoe.
3: Share the show we from sleeping on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl. Fuck a stove. Counted millions in a cold. Bad bitch. booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold. Doesn't no Headshot. Case closed.